Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. In just a moment, we're going to take you right back into family night. So if you missed what we began on last week's broadcast, I want to remind you that you can get it at the Legacy Studios app. You can visit us online at pearsonsministries.com. These messages are also available on our podcast, the Legacy Studios podcast, the Pearsons Ministries podcast. There's just a lot of different ways for you to get the Word of God into your life. And we began a message last week that's been a part of our Crossroads series that we, we, we've been talking for months about what to do when you're standing in the intersection and you need to know what direction to take in your life. We're gonna pick right back up on this today. So get your Bible. Come right in, make yourself at home here at Family Night. Watch this, be blessed. I think we saw the vision for the first time and it was just a perfect picture of what God was seeing for us. And it got so big in us that what we were doing wouldn't satisfy us anymore. And you kind of come up to that point, like, I'm either going to stay where I'm at, and I'm just going to live, and I'm just going to, um, what, what's the word? Um, sort of exist. Exist, yeah. and just keep living, or I'm going to go after something that's more than what I'm just currently stuck in. And... Um, we were thankful. We, we loved what we did. We were happy. But there just came a point where that vision and that call got bigger than what we were doing. And we had to just go for it. And if we didn't, we were going to be not satisfied with life. And we were going to be um, held back. So uh, we, be, we began to see this place. And all I remember is when we talked about it, we saw cabins. Yeah. And we saw a place where we could bring ministers in and love on them and bless them, do legacy summits. I don't know if you guys know this um, ser these services that we've done before in the past, these conferences, but basically we just bring ministers in and we tell them thank you from the Lord. Tell them thank you for what they do for the kingdom. Bless their families. You just don't even know until you travel all over the world what people are going through, what ministers are going through, what they deal with, what they need, how they need to be refreshed, how they need to be built up, how they need to, they need your help. And we we felt the call to ministers. We also saw, we. I mean, back then we called it, I remember calling, I think we called Dan and talked to him about it because yeah. Dan was on our board, I think at the time, but we yeah. just, we um, are going to be on our board, I guess, yeah, when we, we started our it, ministry. Yeah, yeah, right. But we just had a big vision. We saw land and we saw the mountains. Oh, the mountains. Um, we saw cabins. We saw a church, Legacy Church. We saw Leg Legacy Ranch. Now that didn't all come in that night, you know. I mean, well, but uh, I mean, a lot of it did. But we, and I think this is a big key in this. We talked it with each other, and we kept talking about it in days and weeks and months, and we would talk about it, pray about it, and I, you got to give, you got to give it that kind of time. When the Lord starts dealing with you about something, let it grow on the inside. Yeah, but it just got so big, and finally, we just went to our boss um, at work, and we said. Look, this is what God's showing us. What do you think about this? So we need to go for this. And he's, I think he knew that our vision had gotten, had gone beyond where we were yeah. and we needed to step out. So we gave our notice and I was about to have a baby. Yeah. We're quitting our jobs, about to have a baby. That seems really smart, right? So um, <laughs> we did. And, um, you know, we stepped out in faith. We left our job security 
for the first time in our life. We had no job, no salary, no guarantee of anything, still had a house payment, still had all the extra stuff. I mean, we, we weren't debt free then, I don't believe. And we just had all this. And there was something so big stirring on the inside of our heart that we had to go for it. And we did. That was the first time we've ever done this, where we left our family, where we left the things that we knew. And we did it to a degree, but we didn't know that we were going to be, it was going to be required of us to do it even more in the future. And did you notice that that's specifically who Jesus identified? That there would come a time in the life of every believer that there'd have to be a leaving. And if you notice who he identified was all family, his house and land. But then everybody, every other person he mentioned was a family. And you go back and look through the scripture and there's more than once, more than twice where Jesus called people, Luke chapter nine, to follow him, same two words, take this road. And they said, let me first go home. Let me first go back to my father. Let me first go home and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, anybody who's put their hand to the plow and looking back, looking back where? Home. If you're doing that, he said, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. And there was something significant about leaving family. And it's not because like we weren't having this conversation born out of any kind of frustration or born out of uh, discontentment other than something growing in our own hearts. But there was a point where we had to come where we changed where our dependency lied. And it was easy. Like I said, job security, right? there's a certain level of dependence and Jesus helped us identify where we had more faith. Mm -hmm. And I believe that every single person that is ever going to be used mightily by God has to do this at some point in their life. If you want to be used by God, you have to do this at some point in your life. I have seen so many people do this. And, you know, I've talked to people that I highly respect in the ministry, and they've, they've explained this to me in common terms, which I often need. <laughs> but they said to me, you know, um, unless you do this at some point in your life, you don't qualify for more. For more. You don't qualify for the hundredfold. Mm-hmm. He says... Whoever does this, if you'll do this, you receive this hundredfold return. A lot of people say, well, hasn't Jesus qualified us for everything? Isn't isn't that grace? Well, Jesus has qualified us for many things. Health, life, health, peace, you know, all these things. But there are some things in the scripture that it's very clear that you don't qualify unless you do what he's called you to do. And I've really seen this in life that anybody that is used greatly by God has done this at some point in their life. I could tell you story after story about people on my staff that have done this and they would come, they came to me and told me, Hey, the Lord dealt with us to move to Texas. We're leaving where we're at. Jordan and Courtney did this. They left Branson. They left what they had there. The Lord's dealing with us to move to Texas. And not until they told me that the Lord dealt with them to move to Texas did God tell me to hire them. Isn't that amazing? It's like it's something between them and God. It's something between all of us and God. This is not 
none of I just I just believe that people have to come to terms with who their source is yeah, in every area of their life. That's what it's about. And you get to the point where you're like you you find out and you'll come you'll hit this wall in different areas of your life. You'll hit it with your finances, you'll hit it with um your security, like how how who you <laughs> Basically, I think that people the first the first place you hit that wall is when you come up to the place where you have to recognize that God is my source of love and security. I'm not looking to anybody else to love me or make me feel loved, to make me feel wanted. God's my source of love. He's my source for finances. He's my source for everything in this life. And you'll hit that at some point in your life. You'll hit that. And the the decision that you make at that point will determine what you qualify for in life. Mm -hmm. And if you're ready and you can handle it. And so it's a wonderful thing. It's good. It seems hard, but it's really wonderful. And you will see the hundredfold return on it if you do it. And it, it has to be done with this understanding, I'm leaving something, but I'm not losing something. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anybody in a marriage, especially early on in a marriage, try to cleave without the leave? <laughs> and that we, we use that expression to leave and to cleave. That's the scripture. That's one of the first things you hear in the scriptures in the book of Genesis for this cause. Let a man, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Well, it's not like, you know, sayonara suckers. I'll never see you again. I don't want to talk to you ever. That's not the leaving. It's the changing of dependency. It's the changing of covenant. It's the changing of security. In other words, no longer are you my source, but together we're going to God as our source. But bad things happen in marriages to people who try to cleave without the leave, right? And it's very limiting. It's very stifling. Well, the same thing would be true here. Trying to go on in God, trying to pursue the plan, trying to pursue the kingdom of God while I hang on to stuff He asked me to leave. And it doesn't work. But our testimony is that, yes, we left that. And to this day, I'm not exactly sure how this happened, but for eight months, we didn't take a salary. Uh, we had no paycheck of any kind, but we did not go backwards financially. Not, I think maybe more money came in somewhere else, or we just, we never lacked for one, one good not thing. Not one day, not one <laughs> moment. so awesome. And when the time came, uh, the board of the ministry that we had set up voted and, and put in salaries for us. And I'm going to tell you something, it wasn't that long until our new little ministry was doing more for us financially than when we were employed at the big one. Thank you. Now, again, these financial things, all that kind of stuff, wonderful, doesn't satisfy. But what does satisfy was getting out there and experiencing God for ourselves, walking by our own faith, living by our own faith, and seeing Him do things in our family that I do not believe He could have done had we not left. Right? Amen. There is no joy like doing the work of the kingdom. Yeah. No joy. There's nothing that satisfies like it. And so I don't know if you guys have heard that song that we wrote, but if I search the world from that song, Treasure, if I search the world, I'd find nothing compares to the joy that I found in you. 
And that's, it's one thing to think, oh, this is for preachers. This is for people that are called to do this. But this is not just preachers that Jesus is talking to here. This is all of us because every one of us has to come to the recognition at some point in our life that we have a ministry somewhere, somehow. And there is a place that we're called to do that ministry. It is not just for people in the fivefold ministry. It's for every single one of us that we're called and we have a ministry. And you have to, at some point, until you start doing that and living that, you can have a job on the side, great. But what's your ministry? What are you living for? What gives you breath? What, what makes you want to get up every day? What, why do you even, why are you existing? You know, at some point you come to terms with it. Man, what, am I just on autopilot here? Or am I wanting to thrive? Am I wanting to go and be a blessing to people? What am I doing with my life? I'm not here to just be happy and healthy. That's wonderful. Yeah. But I've got, God has a plan for my life. He has a ministry for me, a specific ministry for me. And that is usually, which is interesting that we'll move over to this area. I don't know if you're ready to get into this yet, but I believe that God has called us to do that in the local church. God loves the local church. His heart is so passionate about the local church. And um, I was thinking about this yesterday. The Lord kept reminding me of all these scriptures David in Psalm 63, he says, I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. And I can only find it where? In the sanctuary. I love it in Psalm 27. He says, one thing. I have asked for one thing I desire is to behold the beauty of the Lord in his temple. One thing. What is that? That's the most important thing. Jesus with Mary and Martha in the book of Luke, what did he say? He said, Mary has chosen the one thing that is needful. The one thing, and what was it? To sit at his feet and to hear his word. Where do you do that? Where do you get the anointed word that changes your life every day, every week, month after month, year after year? Where do you get that anointed word? It's not just at home, in your bedroom, by yourself. It's in the local church. And if you think about it, man, I, I, David, I'm talking about the psalmist, but he said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What is that? That's a sanctuary. That's the local church. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Why? What is that? That's together in the congregation. That's in the sanctuary. What happens there? It's like the dew. Or that it's a picture of the oil, the anointing that flowed down over them from the top of their head all over them to their feet. What is that? He says, and there God commanded the blessing. There is a blessing 
in the sanctuary. And you can't do life without it. You can't have real life without it. Without being in the local church, the body that you are called to. You can't do it. You can't just have it. I have for years been crying out to the Lord, Lord, where is my sanctuary? Where is the place that you have called me to be? Where is it? Get me there. Now, for my whole, for the last well, 14 years, my home church has been Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. And I get there as often as I can because I get in that sanctuary and I see and I behold the beauty of the Lord unlike anywhere else that I go. And when I found that place where I behold his beauty and where I experience his presence and it's real and it's tangible to me and I get that anointed word that I need from my family, I got to get there. I heard my pastor say one time, he said, the quality of the word that you hear will determine the quality of life that you live. You got to find out where that word is. You got to find out where your family's supposed to be fed. And God is calling you to that place. Some of you guys already know where that is. Some of you are already plugged into that body and you know, but I'm telling you that local body, it touches a place in your heart that nowhere else will ever touch, will never be able to touch. God loves the sanctuary. He loves when his people get together, the people that he's called together, that he's joined you with. You are supposed to be joined to someone. And when you get with those people, your heart does something that it doesn't do anywhere else. It is so amazing. And I'll just tell you this. I was thinking about all these things, how God was just putting this on my heart yesterday, how much he loves the sanctuary, how much he loves his people coming together in the local church. And I was praying about these things as I was, as I was thinking about it. I was remembering my childhood in church. And I remembered my parents always kept me in church. They kept me around the anointing. Always, if there's one thing they did perfect, it was that. And you know, as a parent, if you're a parent or if you have parents, you know that none of us are perfect in that regard. I mean, we have moments, but there is one thing we can do. We can put them around God and his people and his things and his anointing and his presence and show them what's the most value, what's most valuable to us. And I remember being a little kid, and Jordan could remember this and, and Josh, but we were in church. We would be in night after night, what they'd call revivals, and they'd be playing songs, people singing. And, and not a, I remember this one church particularly that we grew up in. It wasn't a real big church, but the presence of God was there, and it was real. And I remember singing song after song about Jesus and his presence filling up the room and it being rich and experiencing him and knowing it was him, hearing the word preached, the anointed word that totally built a foundation for our family, the rock that we have built our life on, that real solid word that was life-changing, weak after week, 
usually a couple times a week, month after month, year after year after year, building a foundation for our family. You can't do life well without it. And I remember being so little and so tired that I'd fall asleep under the pew. You know, I'd be sleeping down. We'd be coloring. We colored pictures. We, I mean, we, we did everything. Played Game Boys, colored pictures, sprawled out on the floor. And I have to wake my little brothers up after church was over. You know, all of us are tired. But you know what? We were in his presence and we were around his anointing. And I'll never forget what it felt like to be with God. I'll never forget his amazing presence. And I'm telling you, when I got older and I was in junior high and high school and I was around people that didn't love him and weren't serving him and didn't live life like my family lived, I could recognize that it felt different than what I was used to every day, week after week after week. I knew the difference. And it when I'd be away from, uh, from the presence of God and I'd be over with these friends, I knew I just need to get home to his presence. Because that's what I was used to. And I always tell people, keep your children around the anointing no matter what you do. Because if they get used to that, that'll be home to them. It'll feel like home to them. And it'll satisfy them like nothing else. And when they get older and they grow up, they'll want God. They'll want to be with Him. And they'll have a firm foundation beneath their feet. All that to say, when I was little, I fell in love with the sanctuary. I fell in love with his anointing. I fell in love with his presence. And isn't that how David was? You know that scripture in Psalm 63 when he says, I, uh, he says, oh God, you are my God. You know where he is in that scripture? He is off in the hills, in the mountains of Engedi in Israel. And he is off out in the wilderness running from King Saul. He's out there by himself, and he's away from the courts of the Lord. Remember back then, they just had the, um, the tabernacle, and it was a place you had to get there physically. He couldn't get to it, and that's where God's presence dwelt. He wanted to be there. He wanted to be with God. He wanted the real thing, and until, unless you have experienced the real thing, you don't know what it's like. But when you do, you want more of it. You want to be satisfied. You want to be back in his presence. David's way away from the courts of the Lord. It's not like today when we can just talk to him at any time, at any place, at any moment. He is far out there in the wilderness and he is hungry and he is thirsty for God. He wants him again. He wants to be with him. He knows what it feels like to be with him, to really be with him. And he's out there in these in this wilderness Have you ever felt like you were in a wilderness, like a dry place, and you want more of him? You want what he has for you? He's out there in the wilderness, and he says this in Psalm 63. He says, oh, God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. I'm hungry for you. I want more. I want more. Have you ever felt like there's more? Well, that means that there's more. You can be sure if you felt like there's more, there's more. There's more. There's deeper places to go in God. There's more that he has for you and your family. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. 
From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.